Welcome to Nimie Kagito, a podcast where we discuss faith and search for truth. Some would say we're overthinking it. That is what the name means. It's Latin. How's that for overthinking it? Hey, this is Tim. Uh, you're back with uh, Ed and Tim. Uh, my name is Tim Mathai. Tonight, uh, we're going to be here in uh, a story from Ed, my brother, and he wants to talk about what he learned from his dog, and then I want to follow up after that and talk about a, uh, a fable that's been pretty meaningful to me called The Bridge. So, hey, Ed, how's it going? It's good. How are you doing today, Tim? Oh, man, couldn't be better. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Tell me a story about this dog. <laughs> I was trying to make you feel like a real man. Sorry. <laughs> yes, I wanted to talk about a, a situation I had with my dog that um, my wife and I were going on a vacation, uh, not a vacation, a picnic with a, with our dog. So we're going to take the dog, we're going to get a picnic, but we stopped by the store and I went in and grabbed some, you know, ice for the cooler and I think fried chicken or something for the picnic and drinks and, you know, just just stuff and I come back to the to the car and as I come back to the car it's one of those hatchbacks right it's a it's a uh, it's a van so we open the door I threw a couple of things in I go into the very back and open the hatchback and I put the ice in the bucket and do the stuff and close it all up and my wife gets in the car and I get in the car we take off and my wife looks back and goes where's the dog we can't find the dog oh boy I'm telling you, this is the funniest thing. She actually ran, you know, there's like three seats, right? She got up and ran on the back tops of the seats to the very back and looked. Comes up to the front side, grabs my ear and says, the dog is missing. So, so I, 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 I do a Yui in the middle of the road, squealing wheels going back to the, to the parking lot where we were. And we, we pull up the parking lot and we're looking around where we've parked. There's no dog there. We're looking around at the, you know, we drove around the parking lot a little bit and my wife is just getting frantic. She's getting crazy. Right. As we're, as we're doing that, she's like, you know, there's a, there's a dog shelter just down the road. Let's see if, you know, somebody might have turned her in. So, so we drove there and I'm squealing wheels, you know, around the corner. I get to the place and it's packed in this, in this dog location. Right. It's, Tons of people, but my wife's not going to wait. So she runs into the back where the dogs are. She opens the door and goes running through the back of the thing looking for our dog. Well, there's the dog, right? And the, one of the kennels has just come in. And so, we, you know, we wait a little bit, uh, probably about 10 minutes, and, and I get up to the front of the line, and I said, hey, I, we, we just checked. You got our dog, right? The dog was just dropped off. And so we just, you know, we'll take him, and we'll – We'll be on our way and get to our picnic, right? My wife's a lot happier. So the lady at the behind the counter said, okay, um, we just have to check your dog in. Um, I'm like, but, you know, if you just give me my dog, right? The dog's only been here like five minutes and we've been waiting in line for five minutes. Just give me my dog back. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, I just got to check him in. So she goes and checks the dog in and, 
Um, about 20 minutes later, she says, okay, um, we've got the dog checked in. You can come, you know, pick up your dog. I'm like, well, great. You know, 20 minutes later, I'm starting to get really mad, right? And she goes, mm. that'll be $25 for the dog. And I'm like, well, you got to be kidding me. You made me wait 25 minutes so you could t- check the dog in so that I could pay you $25? This is ridiculous. I'm not doing it. I'm not paying you. And my wife's like, come on, get, get the dog, right? This is a good dog, right? We were, I, I can't, can't <laughs> complain about the dog. It was a good dog. But I was mad. I did not want to pay for this dog. I, it was my own dog, and I didn't want to wait for the dog. And so she finally convinced me, so I, I paid the money. And uh, and they, you know, and I'm fuming, just just as mad as I could be. And over the loudspeaker, the lady goes, "Aubie has been redeemed." <laughs> and I thought, nobody uses the word redeemed these days, right? And it and it really pulled me up short, right? And you 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 see, most people recognize right off the bat, you know that. The dog was redeemed, right? I, it was my dog. I, I bought my dog back and redeemed my dog who was lost, right? Huh. It's an amazing story. But what really struck me was the, the differences, not the similarities in the story, huh. right? First of all, <laughs> I didn't want to pay $25 for my own dog. That was my dog. It was a good dog. And I didn't want to pay $25. For my own dog, Jesus paid everything, right? And I'm not a good dog, right? (laughs) That dog, my dog, the only thing my dog wanted to do was be with us, right? We opened the door and we were out there working. He came, she came out of the out of the door to be near me and my wife. All she wanted to do was be near us. Uh. That's not me, right? I'm the opposite of that. We all we all run away from God as much as we can. Yeah. That's sort of the one big sin, right? And God paid everything for us to get us there. And I was mad about them taking my dog and doing all that stuff, right? Yeah. Where Jesus, it says in in Hebrews that that Jesus was was look you know look forward for the joy that was before him right he went to the cross for the joy that was before him well the joy that was before him was not the cross right the joy before him was me getting me as a part of his church and it's much different than what it was so what really humbled me about that situation was not what was similar but what was different about the situation yes man that is a great story so I, I think you've got a story too, right? The bridge, can you tell us that? Sort of a s- story also, isn't it? It is. It is a story. I uh, use this um, pretty often with the uh, people that I see. And just, I am ready to read it. I have it open, I have it ready to go, but I'm just still kind of just sitting back pondering over the story that you told. And, and man, I just, that's, that's really powerful. That story that you told about, I mean, about a dog, but it's more than about a dog. It's about redemption and it's about, um, grace. You know, I mean, thank goodness you had your wife there convincing you to get the dog back. Otherwise that dog would probably still sit in the pound. 
So. It was it was very humbling when they said that because I was <laughs> I was really angry and I'm like, oh man, you had to like kick me in the stomach, didn't you? You couldn't you uh. just said, okay, your dog's ready. <laughs> no, you had to go. All right, bring that Albie dog out here. Come on, get out of here. Albie has been it, redeemed. That's amazing. And they had the real low voice too. Albie has been redeemed. That woman was really amazing. <laughs> kind of like the voice of God or something over the loudspeaker. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Thank you for sh- for sharing that story. That is that is great. All right, so this uh, this story, the bridge, it's, it's not very long, uh, but it to me it's been very meaningful. I've had some great conversations about people, and usually by the time it ends, it's it's uh, it can be a pretty pretty darn good story. Anyway, I'll let you be the judge of that, so I'll just go ahead and tell it. The bridge. There was a man who had given much thought to what he wanted from life. He had experienced many moods and trials. He had experimented with different ways of living, and he had had his share of both success and failure. At last, he began to see clearly where he wanted to go. Diligently, he searched for the right opportunity. Sometimes he came close, only to be pushed away. Often, he applied all his strength and imagination, only to find the path hopelessly blocked. And then, at last, it came. But the opportunity would not wait. It would be made available only for a short time. If it were seen that he were not committed, the opportunity would not come again. Eager to arrive... He started on his journey. With each step, he wanted to move faster. With each thought about his goal, his heart beat quicker. With each vision of the way ahead, he found renewed vigor. Strength that had left him since his early youth returned, and desires, all kinds of desires, reawakened from their long dormant positions. Hurrying along, he came upon a bridge that crossed the middle of a town. It had been built high above a river in order to protect it from the floods of spring. He started across. Then he noticed someone coming from the opposite direction. As they moved closer, it seemed as though the other were coming to greet him. He could see clearly, however, that he did not know this other, who was dressed similarly, except for something tied around his waist. When they were within hailing distance, he could see that what the other had about his waist was a rope. It was wrapped around him many times and probably, if extended, would reach a length of 30 feet. The other began to uncurl the rope, and just as they were coming close, the stranger said, Pardon me, would you be so kind as to hold the end a moment? Surprised by this politely phrased but curious request, he agreed without a thought, reached out, and took it. Thank you, said the other, who then added, Two hands now, and remember, hold tight whereupon the other jumped off the bridge. Quickly, the free-falling body hurtled the distance of the rope's length, and from the bridge, the man abruptly felt the pull. Instinctively, he held tight and was almost dragged over the side. He managed to brace himself against the edge, however, and after having caught his breath, looked down at the other, dangling close to oblivion. "'What are you trying to do?' he yelled. Just hold tight, said the other. This is ridiculous, the man thought, and began trying to haul the other in. He could not get the leverage, however. It was as though the weight of the other person and the length of the rope had been carefully calculated in advance, so that together they created a counterweight just beyond his strength to bring the other back to safety. 
Why did you do this? The man called out. Remember, said the other, if you let go, I will be lost. But I cannot pull you up, the man cried. I am your responsibility, said the other. Well, I didn't ask for it, the man said. If oh, I am lost, repeated the other. He began to look around for help, but there was no one. How long would he have to wait? Why did this happen to befall him now, just as he was on the verge of true success? He examined the side, searching for a place to tie the rope. Some protrusion, perhaps, or maybe a hole in the boards. But the railing was unusually uniform in shape. There were no spaces between the boards. There was no way to get rid of this net newfound burden, even temporarily. What do you want? He asked the other, hanging below. Just your help, the other answered. How can I help? I cannot pull you in, and there's no place to tie the rope so that I can go and find someone to help me help you. I know that. Just hang on. That will be enough. Tie the rope around your waist. It'll be easier. Fearing that his arms could not hold out much longer, he tied the rope around his waist. Why did you do this? He cried. He asked again. Don't you see what you've done? What possible purpose could you have had in mind? Just remember, said the other, my life is in your hands. What should he do? If I let go, all my life I will know that I let this other die. If I stay, I risk losing my momentum toward my own long sought after salvation. Either way, this will haunt me forever. With ironic humor, he thought to die himself instantly, to jump off the bridge while still holding on. That would teach this fool. But he wanted to live, and he wanted to live life fully. What a choice I have to make. How shall I ever decide? As time went by, still no one came. The critical moment of decision was drawing near. To show his commitment to his own goals, he would have to continue on his journey now. It was already almost too late to arrive in time, but what a terrible choice to have to make. A new thought occurred to him. While he could not pull the other up solely by his own efforts, if the other would shorten the rope from his end by curling it around his waist again and again, together they could do it. Actually, the other could do it by himself, so long as he, standing on the bridge, kept it still and steady. Now listen, he shouted down. I think I know how to save you. And he explained his plan. But the man wasn't interested. You mean you won't help? But I told you I cannot pull you up myself, and I don't think I can hang on much longer either. You must try, the other shouted back in tears. If you fail, I die. The point of decision arrived. What should he do? My life or this other's? And then a new idea, a revelation so new, in fact, it seemed heretical. So alien was it to his traditional way of thinking. I want you to listen carefully, he said, because I mean what I'm about to say. I will not accept the position of choice for your life, only for my own. The position of choice for your own life, I hereby give back to you. What do you mean? The other asked, afraid. I mean, simply, it's up to you. You decide which way this ends. 
I will become the counterweight. You do the pulling and bring yourself up. I'll even tug a little from here. He began unwinding the rope from around his waist and braced himself anew against the side. You cannot mean what you say, the other shrieked. You would not be so selfish. I am your responsibility. What could be so important that you would let someone die? Don't do this to me. He waited a moment. There was no change in the tension of the rope. I accept your choice, he said at last, and he freed his hands. That's the end of the story. That choice sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have a couple of initial thoughts. First of all, this is from a book called Friedman's Fable. Uh, Friedman's Fables. It's uh, by a brilliant uh, man named Edwin Friedman. He was a Jewish rabbi, uh, passed away, I believe, in the, the 90s. Uh, it's a brilliant man, really. Uh, thought a lot about systems and how they work and relationships and families. Uh, he would write these fables. And then on high holy days, he was a Jewish rabbi and a psychiatrist. He would read these fables to the congregation and then they would have conversations about them. So that's uh, Edwin H. Friedman, F-R-I-E-D-M-A-N. Uh, and I've got several others that I may share at one point. But one thing, just kind of an initial thought, and I want to hear your thoughts most importantly, but mm -hmm. this kind of the, this diametrically opposed thoughts that I think both of us have during this, these two, uh, this set of stories. Yeah. One, Jesus paid it all. He did it all for we who were lost and needed salvation. And then this other side of it where... Um, we need also the sense that we have to take care of ourselves. And by taking care of ourselves, only then can we take care of other people. And so as I, as I got to the end, I thought, this is very different than the story that you told, Ed. But what are your initial thoughts? What, uh, what struck you during, this, this, uh, during the story or at the end or both? Yeah, so so the the the, the initial <laughs> initial thought is, you know, that would probably be me hanging on to that rope, going, "Dad, gummit, why did I just not take the rope in the first place? <laughs> why did I have to not pay attention to what was going on?" That's and then called I didn't Monday understand. morning quarterback. By yeah, the way. you're right. Yeah. <laughs> so so the guy on the bridge jumped over the other side, right? Is that what happened? So he was walking in one direction. The, the, the main character was walking one direction, headed toward this great goal that he had finally determined was right for him. Yeah. Yeah. The other person came in the opposite direction, handed him the rope, and then jumped off the bridge. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then the, the end of the story, though, was I didn't understand who agreed to the, to the end portion of it. So did the guy on the bridge jump over the other side so that he was hanging off the other end? Oh, no. Oh, no. The guy freed his hands and let the guy fall. Oh, the guy on the bridge let him go? Yeah. Ah. Uh, yeah, that's the, that's the story. He said, here's your choice. I'll help. You know, I'll hold it steady. You can bring yourself up by wrapping it around your waist and just bring yourself up. 
the guy didn't want anything to do with it. And so what's he to do? He there stands there and is still standing there today uh, holding this uh, other person up that he is now responsible for, or he lets him go and heads on his way to, to reach his goal. Ah. The moral of the story, according to Edwin Friedman in the discussion questions, is when things are going well, watch out. <laughs> That's a very good point. What I would have done was jump over the other side of the bridge so that I'm hanging halfway to, and then I started punching that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I just lay, way him. <laughs> you know what would happen, right? He would let go of the bridge. He would let go of the rope, and then both of you fall in. So both of you lose anyway. <laughs> so at least you know, this way, one of you was able to reach your goal. Yeah, you, you know what I was thinking the whole time that you were talking about that. What um, was was abortion and the oh. situation there? Right. There's there's a little baby you may not have asked for him, but now you're responsible for him in the in the womb you know and it you know you you sort of in a situation where the person on the bridge is the mother who now has responsibility for this child she didn't ask necessarily for it right Mm -hmm. and uh and there is a responsibility to the little little guy that's that's what came to my mind when you were telling the story. Wow. Now there's no way for the mother to jump over the other end and start punching. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I thought that was where you were going with it. I didn't know. So, so the moral of the story was just that when things are good, watch out because something's going to happen. Yeah, when things are going well, and it has to do with this concept in in family systems called self differentiation. Self-differentiation is really defined as the individual, in this case, the the one originally taking on the journey after finding out what he wanted, uh, an individual who is willing and able and capable to become the person that they want based on their goals, values, and beliefs. And that would be really easy if, if it were us all by ourselves and there were no other people around us, but we are people of community where people with other people. So self-differentiation is really tough because it's not just that we're going after our own goals, but rather as we do, there are people and forces and issues who are making it more difficult to do so because of their influence in our lives. So my question to you, just thinking about the story is what would you have done? Here's this person who is walking towards you and now they are your responsibility. Do you hang on to the rope and keep that responsibility and miss the opportunity to go after your long sought after goals and salvation? Or do you let go and head after those full force? What, what would you do? Yeah. See, I would have to stand on the bridge and, and hold them, start hollering for some help. He did. He did. No one came. He looked, he waited, he waited and waited. No one came. So you either let go or you stand there and lose your momentum. So, you know, another great question, I think, in the discussion question is, who is it that is on the other end of that rope if it's you standing on top of the bridge? Are there people in your life who are hanging from that bridge and that we better to drop the rope in order for you to move forward 
so that oftentimes they can move forward also. He said, uh, I heard him tell this fable on one of his, like a tape that I bought that he was teaching it in, in a lecture. And he said during one of his high holy days, they were discussing it and they were talking about possible endings. And one, one gentleman in the conference said, I imagine that the man fell down off the bridge, fell in the water, got out of the water, walked onto the shore and said, well, you win some, you lose some. I thought that was a pretty interesting end to that story. Uh, but it really is about what is it, you know, what is it that would keep you from pursuing your goals? Or rather, who is it that would keep you from pursuing your goals? And what would it take to, you know, um, fight the urge to, um, so what would it be, you know, to no, no longer put up with the rope burn, let go and walk on your own way? Yeah, I see what, uh, what, what sort of sticks in my craw, though, about the story is, you know, talking about letting go, if, if, I'm do, if, if I'm letting go for my own goals, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, if, if the person on the other end, like, let's go, well, I'm not responsible. I'll feel horrible for him, right? But I'm not responsible for him letting go. But if he's asking for help and saying, I'm your responsibility, you can't let go of the rope, you know, first of all, you think he's stupid, right? There's probably something <laughs> going on. But if he's really asking for help, are you not? I, I think Jesus would say, hey, he's asking for help, right? He told Peter, right, 70 times seven instead of just seven, right? And 70 times seven, I don't think it's actually, you know, he, he didn't want, Peter was a fisherman, so we weren't going to calculate out what seven times se- 70 times seven yeah. was, right? Mm-hmm. But he just meant a lot, right? You need to keep doing yeah. it. You need Completely. to keep doing it until, right, right. Yeah. Um, so if he's really asking for help, then you got to hold on to the rope until... Right? and give up your dreams. And when I thought of, at first when I thought you were talking about it, I thought the it was sort of an allegory like uh, Pilgrim's Progress where you you go to the, you know, it's it's the pilgrim is is going to salvation, but but really it's sort of not a Christian salvation, right? Because if if you have to make that choice. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't think it's, it's really a good choice. You know what I'm saying? It's sort of like if you're making the choice, you're not going to heaven, right? If yeah. you're, if you're willing to let that person die, then, then you've made a big mistake, right? Yeah. You're not, you're not actually, but, but now that I know it's from a, from a Jewish perspective, right? And it's more of a, and, and it's not really the Jewish perspective. It's just, it's more of a, um, it's a quandary, right? It's not talking about the salvation of Jesus Christ. It's less um, of a religious salvation and more yeah. of a, a ultimate this is your goal, goal of, yes, yeah. yeah, this is your destiny almost. So, and the thing that kind of, as you were talking, I was thinking, was this person really needing help? It looked like all they were was just kind of being dependent upon that one on the bridge not really wanting help just wanting to subvert the person's progress toward their goal it's not like they were on drugs and needing rehab it wasn't that they you know like uh, the samaritan and and his purse he beat up and 
robbed and thrown in a ditch. I mean, this person was just, hey, you're going on your own goal. Oh, no, you're not. You're going to take care of me no matter what I say I need. And at what point do you say, and here's where we kind of differ, which is, I think, the beauty of this this conversation that we have, uh, that, you know, we have different perspectives in terms yeah, sure. of what, you know, what we think is right. And, and we may really agree more than we disagree, but, um, and it, it's easier for me to talk about in theory than it is to practice it in real life. Sure. Because it's hard to, to let go of that rope and say, look, I love you. I care about you. I'm here to help you as much as I can. But to the other extent, your being dependent on me is not going to keep me from my goals. It's that, you know, I have to put on my oxygen mask first before I can help anybody else. Because if I don't, then we both die. Yeah. 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 I take I guess care it of myself. On, right. I guess it depends yeah. on what you think is on the other end of that rope, right? If you're holding on to the rope, is the other end of that the devil and you need to let go fast? Or is the other <laughs> end of that a real person who needs help, who really does need help, right? And Well, and there was a time limit, yeah. you know, in order for him to reach his goal, he had to be there at a certain time. And so it, he could he could wait a day, but his opportunity had passed. And if that's the case, then he might as well just maybe hang on forever. I don't know, unless there's a different option after that that sounds like and it's a fable, you know, it's just a good yeah, conversation. We to, could pick yeah. it apart, but, sure. um, you know, it, it's a, for me, it's a great conversation starter and finisher because oftentimes when I'm talking to people about who they want to become and what their, their destiny and goals are in life, who they, you know, based on their goals, values, and beliefs, who they want to be, it's, it's so easy. So many times that I read this story that people go, oh yeah, that is blank hanging from the side and i've heard some people say oh no i'm the one hanging from the bridge and i'm hanging on to blank <laughs> i even had somebody say oh i'm hanging on to myself hanging from the bridge and I was like, that's an interesting perspective as well how's that work <laughs> i'm not real sure but it, it makes sense of it as they continue to talk about it in other words they tend to i'm sure they feel both of them yeah yeah and they sabotage their own functioning they see their goals but then the choices they make are, are keeping them stuck in whatever life that they're currently living. Yeah, I see what you see. Yeah. I see what you mean. I'm gonna have to tell my I'm gonna have to tell my wife that one so she can tell me what the right answer is. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's probably because she's on top of the bridge hanging uh, or you hanging from the bottom. <laughs> you can't don't let go of that rope. Please don't let go. Of that. <laughs> don't tell that story. She might be convinced to let go. <laughs> that was a good story man that is a thinker isn't it i'm gonna have we may have to revisit this one too yeah. and come back because i know i know a lot of times i have to sleep on things and and unlike you i'm not very smart so i have to go through and i have to think about it for a long time so as i think about it i may go you know it's all messed up because I would have jumped off that thing and I punched him in the nose. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've got some other stories out of this. Uh, the man who believed he was dead, uh, baby bird yeah. who couldn't take responsibility for himself, and the parents who made a very difficult decision to uh, help the baby bird really live its destiny and and uh, survival. And so there's some great stories, but um, <laughs> this guy this guy sounds like a hoot at parties, man. <laughs> <laughs> 
well, then you got the <laughs> guy organ music the live, growing on the outside of his body, and everybody tiptoes around him until finally, oh, I won't give away the end of the story. That'll come later. <laughs> but his oh, wife makes a very deterministic decision uh, surrounding her functioning toward it. So it's it's a lot of fun. Maybe we'll, we'll revisit, we'll visit some of those another time. But <laughs> I'm gonna have a conversation with my wife. I wonder if I can, can I get that copy of it? Maybe I'll just let her listen to it. I was late because we had a friend over uh-huh. who, who's got a problem with her hard drive. And I, you know, I do a lot of technical stuff. So yeah. I was going to help her get it fixed. But they were talking. We, you know, we got into some deep conversations. And Christy goes, he talks a lot. And I <laughs> pretend to listen. <laughs> I, well, uh, actually, the, the lady that was over, she yeah. said, that's what you said. You said that you know you pretend to listen. That's hilarious. <laughs> Good times. Y'all are fun. Hey, just drop the rope and just be here when you want to be here. <laughs> All right, but <laughs> I love I you. Love I'm so that's, I'm so thankful for the invitation to do this. This is like oh, yeah. this is uh, sweet music to my soul. Good. Me too. Yeah, Mother's Day is great. Um, I love my mother. She is one of the best. I mean, I could not have had a better mom, I believe. Uh, but I feel a little pressure to take care of my wife, who's not my figure that Corinne, my two-year-old, should really take care of her own mother. Like, she should have, like, wrote her a card or bought her something nice or something. But she didn't, so I had to take care of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you mean. That's, that's... Yeah. But the women, they, they want to feel special. They want to feel like uh, what they do is important. And it is very important. I, shoot. I can't imagine what it's like to have a mother, to be a mother. I, I can imagine what it's like to have a mother. But <laughs> <laughs> so Yeah, I like Mother's Day. You go to church. You know, yeah. we go to church. And sometimes they do little special things for the mother. Like I was in this mm-hmm. one church one time where, at, you know, they had little kids that run out into the church and, and give a flower mm-hmm. to to other mothers, a little rose, a little, you know, rosebud thing. Um, mm-hmm. Most of the other churches I go to, they, uh, they'll do like, they'll give chocolates to the mothers, you know, like good chocolate, not like Hershey Kisses, but they'll do like Dove Bark, you know, chocolate things. Yeah. 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 So that's pretty good. I'm not as crazy about Father's Day because on Father's Day, the men get uh, a lecture, you know, about, <laughs> about the evils of golf and the. Yeah. Stop being lazy. Yeah, I mean we we got kind of we get kind of messed up, and we but we celebrate the mothers. Yeah, we, I want the chocolate. Can we get the chocolate? <laughs> Not a chance. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Although I don't golf very much, it's uh, my golf clubs are hanging up, and it's an expensive sport. So it is. I just I leave it. I leave it for the rich guys. It takes a long time too. I don't know around you know take two or three hours. Yeah, and I, I don't mind that part. That's awesome. But dad was really good, but he never. 
I think he was a little stingy with his teaching about golf. I never really got the lessons from dad. Like, oh, you keep your elbow in, keep the keep the arm straight, you know, keep your head down. I mean, he said that went about peeing, but never about golf, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but uh, I got that lesson from dad, especially camping and especially peeing into the wind. But um, you know, I don't know. I hope you, you teach you your boys at Boy Scout camping. That. Oh no, he just volunteered that. I think it's because I peed on his shoe. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So so, do you, what did you give your give your wife during Mother's Day? That's a great question. Well, I I went try to go sentimental. I tried to go practical, and then I went not extravagant, but something I think she would really like that was not a lot of money, but between a little bit of money and a lot of money for Mother's Day, like I'll say $30 or something. Uh, And that was just a a pullover, um, a light, or feels, maybe it's not a lot. Maybe it's just, I don't know, overcompensating, undercompensating, something. Tell me about what you got. What'd you get? See, I always think I got something wrong um, because, you know, for, for Mother's Day, I always try to you know, babysit the kid, right? So I go out and I, I, uh, you know, let her sleep in. We make her some breakfast, and then yeah, I, you know, I oh, that's a given. Yeah. Sometimes I'll take the kid off and you know go do something so she can, you know, relax or do something she wants to do. But mm-hmm. I, but I think I got it wrong. Oh boy, because because on Father's Day, she gives me the opportunity to babysit on Father's <laughs> Day. So if she. If she thinks that's a gift, I don't think that's right, right? That's but I right, you know, right. But if she likes that, maybe I should be giving her the gift of babysitting. You should, you should have. See how it turns out, right? Yeah. So I don't understand. I mean, you see what I'm saying? So that's what you gave right? her. You gave her that it's this a year, good right? Gift, and that's what I want to give her. And it's Wednesday. Is she speaking to you yet? <laughs> no, no. I still, <laughs> I've been doing it wrong the whole time. So. Oh, you're gonna do it right next year. Next year, I'm going to do it right. Okay. Hey, we'll, we'll have a room for you. It'll be ready. <laughs>